Mock draft number one for me here on Locked On 49ers. The first seven round mock draft for your San Francisco 49ers. How could they go about this thing starting at pick 99 throughout all 11 picks and seven rounds? Coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I've got a fresh mock draft here post-combine now as the uh, free agency period opens. There's going to be some tampering happening a little bit later Monday and we'll have all that covered whatever the 49ers are able to do early in free agency whether it's bringing in their own guys or losing players or maybe bringing in some some high-priced free agents from outside the organization crock I don't know how much money the 49ers are willing to spend they made one big splash signing last year and I think they're we're in an era of 49ers football where there's not gonna be a ton of huge signings by this football team and probably once again more exodus than uh than players entering the scene for the 49ers. But there's an opportunity for a starter to be signed, whether it be uh, keeping their own or maybe an outside free agent. But we're talking a little bit about the draft today as we wait for those things to develop with free agency and the tampering period. And a huge shakeup at the top of the draft, Croc, with the Carolina Panthers going all the way up to number one with the Chicago Bears. DJ Moore involved in the trade, future first, multiple second-round picks as well. And... I kind of feel for Panthers fans a little bit, Croc. We went through this two years ago, <laughs> trading up early, and the team's not going to tell them who they're going to take at number one. And that's not oh, the bigger man, issue, though. Let the fighting ensue. Let, let the let the uh, let the couch scouts fight over who the pick should be at number one and start taking sides. It's like Lord of the Flies out there when teams do this, Croc. Man, and a lot of 49ers fans barely barely survived in 2021 and and are still hanging on by a thread because of that. And it just really opens up so much. I mean, especially with the fan base when a team does that. So, um, you know, good luck, Panthers fans, in the next seven weeks. The, the, the fact that they trade up and you don't know who is gonna who they're gonna get, I think that's great for content creators. It's amazing. I wish I was a part of Lockdown 49ers during that time. I came shortly after that, but that's not the bigger issue. The bigger issue is they did what the 49ers did, essentially trading up and then saying. Uh, we'll see which one of these guys we like. And if we like multiple guys, then we'll move back. And it's like, what? If you are going to move up, I, I feel like you should be, it's like getting married. Because essentially that's what you're doing. You're marrying a prospect. And you can date the prospects prior. But once you commit, right, and move on, go all in, you have to know who you're going all in for. And they essentially said, yeah, you know, maybe we like this guy a little bit more. But, you know, well, it's like, that's what the 49ers did. I think that's the wrong approach. Uh, but who do you think the guy will be? So there are mixed opinions on this. It feels like it just feels like CJ Stroud. That that's what it, because you look at him. He's six three, two twenty, whatever he is. He has the arm talent. He has the ability. He's super accurate. He can make the off scripted plays. Not an explosive runner, but can, you know he can do those things. Uh, there's there's so much to like. I get the Ohio State thing. A lot of people want to download Ohio State quarterbacks, but he does a lot of things extremely well, and it looks like he's the guy that could play in rhythm. But everybody's like, nope, Bryce Young. He's clearly the guy. Then you have Richardson. He's the physical freak. Uh, what are your thoughts on this number one overall pick? It's wild, man. You know what it's like? It's like the Bachelorette. 
It's like you at the end, they have to put a ring on somebody's finger. It's like they decided to go into this thing. They got the number one pick. They're going to give out roses. But at the end, someone's going to get engaged. Right. And uh, and that's how this feels. And that's how it felt for the 49ers in 2021. It's how it feels for the Panthers. What's wild is nine out of 10 mock drafts, Croc, before that trade happened, had Bryce Young as the first quarterback off the board. And now immediately after the Panthers traded up to number one, I feel like everyone's talking about CJ Stroud. So has that been put out there or or like, cause it just seems really weird how it's really flipped from Bryce young to CJ Stroud at the exact same time as the Panthers traded up to number one. I'd say this, is it because it's like, man, am I going to go all in on a five, 10, 200 pound quarterback or so I I think that might have more. Now, I did see someone make the comparison size-wise, and maybe it was Grant Cohn, maybe it wasn't, but there was somebody that put out there size-wise very similar to Kyler Murray. The difference is, and I think Kyler Murray was like three pounds heavier. That was like, you know, but both 5'10", mm-hmm. 204 to 207. Yep. Kyler Murray was a much more elite runner, and he had more arm talent. His biggest issue is, the, the stuff that you can't quantify through numbers, right? Like just lack of leadership, that's still an issue right now. He had one of his teammates come out and said he just needs to uh, learn how to grow up and be a man. Like it's like, whoa, you got to tell your quarterback, yeah, I'll be a grown man. Like yeah. those are the issues he's having. Not on, like the on the field talent that Colin Murray had is far more than Bryce Young, who's also a terrific prospect. Don't get me wrong. But right. when you're going to go all in on a guy, like even with the 49ers, like, all right, we're going to go all in on a guy that's 6'4, 225, big arm was one of the smartest guys ever when it came to all the little tests and all that. Uh, but he's extremely raw. Okay, we got to develop. Oh, we don't want to develop him. So, like, that's a whole different issue. But as far as what you typically move up for is this guy that has, like, big time. Like, okay, I see it. And I think, t- to me, it feels like you're more inclined to move up for a C.J. Stroud than Bryce Young. So I think that might be what the flip, flip-flop is. It's, it's certainly, you feel safer with C.J. Stroud. He has a little bit of everything. He's got athleticism. He's got a good arm. He is super accurate. The production was off the charts. Seems really ready to play early, as does Bryce Young, but then he has the size as well. And it, it was really hard for me. I, keep, I, I kept asking that question. Is someone really going to spend three first-round picks to move up to draft a 5'10", 190-pound quarterback. And the difference between Kyler Murray and Bryce Young, size-wise, is, yeah, they're the same height and their weight didn't look different, but Kyler Murray played at that weight and Bryce Young didn't. And clearly, like, right. Kyler Murray wasn't trying to put on extra pounds. He was he was trying to, you know, get you know work out well, whereas Bryce Young's not working out at the combine and he's just all about getting that weight up and we'll see what his weight looks like at the pro day and – um, I don't think it's done, and it sounds like it's not done according to the Carolina Panthers, but C.J. Stroud just feels safer because he has a lot of the package that Bryce Young has, and maybe the tape's not quite as good in some ways, um, but I, I just don't see how you trade all that for a guy who's such an outlier size-wise, and he doesn't have like the extra arm or the extra athleticism that someone like Kyler Murray did too. And, and, and I'd say if people do scout their helmet because we hear that all the time, the bigger, the biggest difference, and this is between C.J. Stroud and and uh, Justin Fields, because you'll hear that all these quarterbacks, Ohio State, and even if you go back to kind of Dwayne Haskins, they are all their own quarterbacks. They are all so much different. Justin Fields was the most talented quarterback in that class coming out from an arm talent talent perspective, his athleticism, big, strong, all those things, but he had one issue. 
he held on to the ball too long. Whether it was a processing thing, whatever it was, it was just, I need to see the guy open. It wasn't a big anticipatory thrower. That's his downfall in the NFL. Not that he went to Ohio State. It's just he waits and waits and waits. And you can't do that. First game, he played in the NFL, he got sacked. What did he learn to do as time went on? You know what? I'm not going to take these sacks. I'm just going to run. So he started running for 200 yards a game, but only throwing for like 100 yards. Like, right, you know, so uh, CJ Stroud, he is a completely different quarterback than Justin Fields. Not as talented. Fields is crazy talented, but just a lot different. They're, they're, they're just different. Yeah, Fields, he's got uh, the player. Uh, uh, help. Yeah, uh, Stroud is closer to like a Joe Burrow quarterback. Yeah. And, and, and so is Bryce Young in a lot of ways too. Right. It, with Fields, and I, I, Richardson's kind of got a Lance Fields thing going on where freakishly talented, sky's the limit, but raw like Fields. And so do you sit him? But no, they're going to go through that same thing. It's like, no, you draft Richardson, you need to play him because that's what he needs is the refs to get better. And so uh, there, there, I do see some similarities to the 2021 class. Where's I think Jimmy the- G going? Where's Jimmy G going? Raiders, maybe? Raiders, probably. So, so Raiders, uh, don't draft Anthony Richardson. <laughs> let him go somewhere where you're just going to let him yeah. play Levis. and keep him far away from Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> let, Will Levis is the perfect quarterback to draft and sit for a year. Anthony Richardson, you got to play, I think. Right. And, and I think we – We've had people kind of talk about that in our comments, where it's like, well, y'all said this quarterback needs to sit, but then this quarterback sat, and then this, and we're like, well, yeah, but their situations are different. This quarterback actually need to play, and we've been saying that, right? Like, guys are different. Like, uh, Trey Lance needed to play. He still needs to play. He just needs to play. I've seen a lot of good, but it's inconsistent because he needs to play. He started four games in the NFL and hasn't completed back-to-back starts. Like... He needs to play. Richardson needs to play too. So you gotta you gotta let him go through whatever it is. And because it's only like a legit like one year of like being like the guy, he just he needs to play. Is it Stroud or is it Young? I don't know, but Rip Panthers fans going through this process, it's going to be an interesting one for them if they don't know what's in store for them. And if you want a mock draft of the entire first round of the draft, what's going on there with some of these teams and those quarterbacks, check into Monday's edition of Peacock and Williamson, where Matt Williamson, former NFL scout, has his mock draft post-trade, post-combine that we'll get into on the program. Next, 49ers mock draft, all seven rounds, all of the picks for the 49ers with some tasty little trades in there as well. Next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard us talk about this mobile game app, and if you've ever thought you'd make a good GM, you got to give this game a try. It's not as easy as you might think to create yourself a dynasty for the next 25 years. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory, trying to build a historic dynasty. And you, you get all those combine numbers right and you get to look at prospects in the draft draft your way trade your way through the offseason hire and fire the right coaches and coordinators to run your specific scheme manage all the finances including negotiating player salaries and terms navigate your franchise through free agency the draft injuries player personnel issues all the up and downs of a season all in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline, play on the go, and as and when 
you want to. And Locked On 49ers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On inside the game. That's Locked On, all caps, one word, Locked On inside the game store. So make sure you check it out today. Download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com, ultimate football GM. Start your dynasty today. Here we go. San Francisco 49ers mock draft, and it started crock for me at pick 99. I'm moving up for the 49ers. 11 draft picks. The 49ers aren't going to have 11 rookies make the roster, right? And that's not including undrafted free agents that they might bring in after the draft. Uh, So I think the 49ers, especially looking at their needs, especially as free agency opens, hearing Mike McGlinchey say something like, "Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get signed on the first day of free agency. Why would he say that? Because before the legal tampering period, there's an illegal tampering period that is (laughs) happening and has been happening. He knows he's about to sign. Uh, We talked with Brad Spielberger on Friday. He's going to get a lot of money. He's going to get more money than the 49ers, I think, are going to be able to afford to pay him. So looking ahead, Trent Williams retirement potentially. I think offensive tackles, a huge need for the 49ers, a young developmental offensive tackle. So I had the 49ers striking a deal to get up from pick 99, about 11 spots. And I'm going to bring the mock draft up on the screen here a little bit, and it might spoil some of the later picks, but you can roll along with me here. BYU's Blake Freeland was the selection for me at pick number 88. Moving up, uh, you know, 11 spots, just to make sure you secure this player who's really, uh, I, I think, going to be a riser in the draft process. And he's supposed to be, you know, around that area where the 49ers were. A lot of people think thought that that's where he was going to get drafted. But, Croc, let me tell you about what Blake Blake Freeland did the combine. Well, real quick, I do have a question for you. Real quick, did was this more of a need pick for you, or was it, you know, need best player available? Uh, you know, he fits what the Niners do, and 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 that's why you decided to go in this direction. This was a need meets value pick, and that's why I wanted to move up. Because if I sit back at pick 99, maybe the the last really what I thought was a true starting offensive tackle potentially wouldn't be on the board there. And then you're and then you would be reaching for need and potentially drafting a player who's not as good at a spot that he didn't deserve to be in. So I wanted need to meet value here. That's why moving up to draft that offensive tackle. If I stayed at 99, he'd probably be gone. And then. Uh, you'd be, you'd be drafting a different position because you don't want to force the need here. So this was not forcing it at all. This is the area I think Blake Freeland could go. Hell, he could go, he could go late in round one. This is what he did at the combine croc. Six foot seven and seven eight. So just a hair under six eight. That's tall. 302 pounds. Uh, long arms, 33 and seven eights. You know, you want your your offensive tackles, and that's actually short for six eight, actually. But you know, 34 inches is a really nice number for an offensive tackle in the NFL. He's just a hair under that. Uh, but he ran at that size, he ran a four nine eight. One of the few offensive linemen that broke five seconds in the 40 yard dash. He had the fastest 10 yard split at six eight. Getting out of your stance on a 10 yard split, these are really huge numbers for offensive linemen. And do you remember why? So we kind of broke this down. Yeah, the offensive line forty yard dash is it, when you compare that to like the best offensive lineman in the NFL. It's you can kind of predict how good they'll be more off of that than the like receivers running a fast forty. So you receiver can, can run a really fast forty, and it typically like doesn't indicate if this player is going to be good or not. Offensive tackle, some of the best guys they run well, like a I don't know Joe Staley. Right. Trent Williams, uh, uh, Terrell Armstead, like a lot of the best offensive line in the league 
actually move very well and run fast. That's why I had to move up for someone like Blake Freeland. And he might go even higher than than what we're talking about here because of some of these numbers. And, and he was at the top or the best in the entire offensive line group. 40-yard uh, dash, 10-yard split for that 40, the first 10 yards. The three-cone, the shuttle actually is even more telling than the 40-yard dash. The short shuttle uh, was pretty good. For a guy who's six foot, almost six foot eight, and the best vertical jump of all the offensive linemen, it might have been, I think is actually a, a combine record for someone this big for a a uh, a vertical jump 37 inches crock i mean that, that was 10 inches it was like a foot higher than some of these other offensive linemen were jumping um now i do have one question yeah so because typically guys and we see this with uh mike mcglinchy guys that are this tall kind of lose the leverage game a little bit at the offensive line so how is his anchor does he get bull rushed a little too much or is that something you saw him maybe uh at times in the quarterback game push back into the quarterback's lap let me read you a scouting report. I'm not going to tell you who this player is, Croc. You tell me who this player is that I'm reading a scouting report for. Team captain, four-year starter. Uh, frame can carry much more weight and muscle. Plays with charged-up punch and pass protection. Keeps battling to find hand placement uh, when he gets behind early. Fluid and athletic for his size and his movements. Uh, ability to mirror and match. And adequate lateral movement for zone scheme, or what a zone scheme would ask. Currently lacks core power to overcome. This is the weaknesses side. Currently lacks core power to overcome disadvantages of great height. Uh, sometimes has trouble uh, unlocking leverage. Requires additional technique to protect edges. That's got to be Mike McGlinchey. That that is Blake Freeland's scouting report. So when we're talking about someone <laughs> to replace Mike McGlinchey, who better? Big slim, right? Six eight three zero two. And look, he might not start right away. It's Colton McKivitz on the right side and, and Trent Williams on the left side. But you, you get him in the weight room. Maybe he's a swing tackle early. Maybe he wins the right tackle job. Maybe he's the starting left tackle of the future, too, where he played at BYU. But the tape is good, not amazing. But he's he's a really good athlete. And I, I do see some Mike McGlinchey in his game. Um, I think he's got better upside as a pass blocker. Maybe he's not as good of a run blocker. He's actually even slimmer. Uh, you know, he's, he's actually taller. because was, was McGlinchey wasn't 6'8", was he? He might have been 6'8". Six, six, it's pretty close. I mean, this is yeah. th this is the Mike McGlinchey of this draft in Blake Freeland. Really athletic guy. And so um, I don't know where he's going to go. He's been projected as around a third-round guy. Maybe his combine workout will get him pushed, him pushed up even higher. But if the 49ers want someone who's a, a starting caliber offensive tackle, I think they're going to have to move up. And like we saw last year with the Seahawks drafting uh, Abe Lucas – uh, in the third round, I think he went in the 70s somewhere. That, that's probably the area the 49ers will have to get to, 70s or 80s, just to make sure they get up and they're able to get someone. If if An offensive tackle is not just a, a, a current need, it's a future need. And a lot of these rookies aren't going to play right away anyway. So that's why I went with the pick of Blake Freeland. I think he's a good fit for the 49ers if they're able to attain him. But, you know, we, we didn't think Cole Strange was going to go in the first round. We thought he was a third rounder. Right. And the Patriots took him at 29. So you never know with any of these guys. But I have a feeling Blake Freeland will go in a range that the 49ers could potentially get to but won't fall to 99. And and here's the thing, though. We're comparing him to Mike McGlinchey. Mike McGlinchey was a top 10 pick. Blake Freeland was talking about him being a third round pick. Yes. And, yeah. you know, if you were to say, hey, I got Mike McGlinchey mid second round or even third round, how much more would fans like him? 
Right? Like, oh man, he started all four or five years for the Niners. Uh, he was a terrific run blocker. Uh, struggled a little bit in the run game, but whatever. You got him in the second or third round. So if you get Mike McGlinchey essentially in the third round with Blake Freeland. I think more people would be, uh, they'd be excited about that as opposed to, hey, man, we skipped over Minka Fitzpatrick, Derwin James, and all these other guys. All right, so that was the big move up to, to land an offensive tackle. But the next pick, pick 101 in round three, Croc, I went with Carl Brooks out of Bowling Green, and he's not a name that anybody's really talking about right now, but I was really surprised, pleasantly surprised, when I watched a little bit of his tape, and he was pretty good at the Senior Bowl. He was a combine snub, which is why nobody's talking about him right now, but 6'3", 303 pounds. He played defensive end at 300 pounds at Bowling Green, and he was a combine snub. He might be one of the first players drafted that wasn't invited to the combine. I think he probably projects inside the tackle, but he could do the 49ers thing that they love to do. He's got some length. He was really, you know, we're talking double-digit sacks as an end. So he could play some end. He could go outside in and rush from the inside. The 49ers like that versatility. Carl Brooks is a name to watch. He didn't get invited to the combine out of Bowling Green, but I think the tape's fantastic. The production was fantastic. We'll see what his pro day looks like. I think he's a perfect fit right here around in this area. Could play some end, could play some tackle. 49ers might need both. 49ers definitely want to get big or stay big at that kind of big end uh, position, especially in the early downs. Uh, the reason for this, and I heard this on PFF, a lot of teams are going to too high, including the 49ers running down the early downs. So it kind of helps protect against those deep crossing routes. But now you have one less guy in the box. How do you combat that? You have a big body guy right there on the edge. That's why they liked, liked Eric Armstead there so much. And that's why you'll like a Carl Brooks there and still has that flexibility, like you said, to be able to slide inside. Maybe traditionally he's more of a 3-4 type end. But in this defense, hey, we could put him on the end. Big body guy, not going to move him. He could be stout and anchor the edge. And then, okay, man, maybe if he has some pass rush ability, we can slide him inside. I like it. Absolutely. And I do think, you know, when you're, you're talking offensive line with these three picks at the end of the third round, an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman is probably going to be two out of the three in, in the way I'm looking at things. And this could be this pick could be a, a, a you know, a, a smaller edge rusher type. I really have high hopes for Drake Jackson being that guy. So I don't think the 49ers need to force that. This could be sort of a, a nose tackle type of a, you know, a stouter defensive tackle as well. Although Carl Brooks showed up at 303 pounds at the senior bowl, which is a little surprising for a guy who looked pretty agile as an end, even though you could tell he was a big guy. So um, I'm with Carl Brooks and, and a player like, and I think he's going to get more heat just like break Freeland will in the lead up to the NFL draft next, a really interesting prospect crock. I know you've done a lot of work on, so I want you to talk about Riley Moss, the next selection I have here in the mock draft for the 49ers. And we'll go through day three of my seven round San Francisco 49ers mock draft. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, where you can find tons of NFL draft props. If you have fun betting on the NFL draft, it's probably one of the most fun things I love to bet on every single year because I think I have a little edge over the house when it comes to some of these things. Like when Johnny Manziel is projected to be a top five pick, and I say, you know, that doesn't pass the smell test, so I'm going to max out my bet on that one. You can find tons of draft props and, and more and more of those coming at FanDuel approaching the NFL draft. Uh, draft, uh, NFL futures with future Super Bowl champions, future uh, NFL MVPs, where free agents might go. And of course, the NBA season is upon us. Major League Baseball is about to get going. I saw the Giants and A's game was on earlier Sunday. That was fantastic. See some real baseball happen at the Cactus League. Uh, and new customers get a no sweat first bet at FanDuel up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet 
doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers to threes drained to hits to strikeouts. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Here we go. Uh, I did some maneuvering again, Croc, and uh, I, I moved up from 99 into the uh, a little bit higher into the third round and then dropped back into the fourth round. And I, I just think that the 49ers have those three picks grouped up at the end of the third. I think they can afford to lose some picks and go upward. And I think they could do the same thing from the fifth into the fourth or maybe drop back down into the fourth just to close that gap because they have three fifths, they have three thirds, but no fourth. So I think, you know, moving around and spreading those picks out a little bit so they're not so clustered in unless they don't really love three guys in one little spot there at the end of the third round. And uh, I went with Riley Moss, cornerback out of Iowa. And I know you've done some work on Riley Moss. Yeah. I like the way he moved around at the combine. I think he's uh, I think he's a nice fit for a player to come in and compete for the job that Jimmy Ward might vacate if he leaves in free agency. And I think even though he's a white guy, I'm not trying to project him to safety. He maybe could play safety. I think there'd be some versatility in his game. But I think he's a corner. I think he could play inside or outside, which is why I like him. I like the versatility here in the fourth round for the 49ers. And he worked out really well at the combine. Yeah, it worked out very well and showed some like legit athleticism. He's kind of when you talk about height weight for what I typically like as a cornerback, he's at six one around there, hundred and ninety-three pounds or so. Like that's a good frame playing that position, especially if you bring some physicality to his game, which I think he brings it. I saw sometimes on film where it was didn't always work out in his favor, kind of getting blown back just a little bit, but fought to get off blocks at times. Or early in the game, I thought they were blocking him a little too easily, and then later I saw him disengaging more. So he wants to do it, just got to be stronger at the point of attack uh, when those receivers try to go to attach to you. Um, aside from that, really good feet, movement skills. Uh, you are going to hear these different things because he typically is kind of a white guy at corner, and you don't. See a lot of white guys playing the cornerback position. Well, I would say forget what y'all talking about. Forget the uh, what they're supposed to typically look like. We got two of them. They have two starting uh, white guys at cornerback. And Riley Moss, terrific, held his own, good feet. I watched him a lot against Ohio State. I thought he did a really good job against Marvin Harrison Jr., who probably would be the first receiver off the board if he was taken this year. Marvin Harrison Jr. did have a touchdown on him in that game, but it was a legit good route. Uh, on like a whip route, I thought Riley Moss had really good coverage. And C.J. Stroud, talked about him a little earlier, threw the ball in the only place that he could throw the ball for his guy to come down with a touchdown catch. So um, I think Moss, I love the way that he competed. I think that he ever, effortlessly runs with guys and has really fluid movements. Uh, you don't see the tough like change of direction. I remember watching a lot of God, Jackson. What was his first name? Uh, Josh, Josh Jackson. Josh, Josh yeah. Jackson, yeah, from Iowa. And a lot of people liked him, a lot of 49er fans, because you see Iowa and it's like, oh, cover three. Well, what they're missing is there's different kind of cover threes. All right. So there's fire zone, which is more with like they have more man principles. And then you have like your sky cover three. Well, Iowa then ran a lot of sky cover three. When they would put him in man coverage, I'm like, oh, I don't really like his feet. Change the direction. It's a little clunky. Then he gets drafted to the Packers. What they do, hey, we need to put you in kind of this big nickel role because you don't really have the feet to play man outside in the NFL. 
I think Riley Moss does. He has a feet. He has a speed. He has a change of direction. And I think if you can get him here in this range, somebody that tested so well, that's a good pickup. A little bit shorter arms. So some teams might not love the projection outside at corner. And you get the white guy discount of maybe a round two. So that, that's why I think it is a good range for him here in the fourth round. He might go somewhere in the third round. He might be someone the 49ers could target late in round three. Who knows, maybe he's still on the board in round five. But I think he fits scheme-wise. I think he's versatile, could play outside corner, could play nickel corner potentially for the 49ers. Who knows, maybe he is a, a future safety in his career as well, adept at, at zone coverage. So uh, interesting player there, Riley Moss out of Iowa, is my pick in round four after moving down from the third, third-round pick. Uh, it says on the screen, tackle. This is Nick Saldaveri out of Old Dominion with the first pick in the fifth round. But I don't know if... He'll play tackle in the NFL, although I think he could. He had a really nice combine as well. He's had a really nice postseason, and so might have some helium to go even higher than this area of the fifth round. But Saldaveri I like as a, a potential tackle, someone who's competitive there. But he played even uh, interior offensive line and center at the Senior Bowl as well. And, and uh, so I think he's just a, a, a versatile player. He's a smaller school guy, Old Dominion. You don't hear a lot of Old Dominion prospects, even though I drafted two of them here uh, in this mock draft, which is crazy. I don't think I ever mock drafted a, uh, drafted a, a player from Old Dominion to the San Francisco 49ers. But Nick Saldaveri is a player that uh, I think is a little bit underrated in the draft process right now. We'll see where he ends up going. He could be a tackle, could be a center, could be a guard in the NFL, but maybe he's the next Dan Brunskill for the 49ers. Maybe he's a sixth man. Maybe he's a starter. But a really interesting prospect, and uh, there's a lot to like with him. Uh, both as a as an athlete, uh, as a technician, and a uh, good good player, good prospect out of Old Dominion. Then I went with a kicker, Croc, in the fifth round, Jake Moody. And PFF gave me an F grade on this. Don't <laughs> don't pay attention to the PFF grades, by the way, if you're watching it <laughs> on YouTube. I, I think they're pretty off from where actually players are going to go here, and, and um, a lot of these things will probably be updated. Um, the, if the 49ers don't re-sign Robbie Gold, they're not going to sit and wait until the seventh round to draft a kicker. That, that, that's just not the way the 49ers are wired in the front office. They're, they're going to attack that position. They're going to decide which guy they think is the best. They're going to go try to get him. And that might be in round three. But I gave it to him with the second, fifth round pick here. Jake Moody, kicker out of Michigan, just because he's the only kicker I know. And I, I don't really want to have to dive into kicker tape. I don't really know <laughs> what I'd be looking for anyway. I just know that I saw Jake Moody hit a 59-yard field goal. And the 49ers might be in the in the market for a kicker unless they sign somebody that that looks like to be the guy at kicker, and then maybe still they would draft the guy a little bit later. But I just want to prepare 49ers fans out there with this mock draft. Might be getting a kicker a little higher than you expect in this NFL draft. I saw someone push back on you with the kicker pick. I think at this point, because I've heard some people say, hey, they'd be happy to have the 49ers take Jake Moody in the third round. I'm like, no, I don't want to take him in the third round. But if you're saying, man, we got him in the fifth, we had a ton of picks already in, in kind of these late rounds. This isn't a fourth round pick where you're passing on the guy like Chauncey Garner-Johnson. All right, fifth round, take a kicker. He's really good. That's kind of like whatever. At that range, especially when you have more picks coming up. Let's see, you got him at pick 160. Yeah, another pick at 172, uh, you know, and you just had a pick at 156. So that it doesn't bother me drafting a kicker there, especially when Robbie Gold isn't there. If you think that this is a guy that's going to be really good. Now, again, how much more production or how much better is a fifth round kicker as opposed to an undrafted kicker? And if you feel like you just have a little bit more uh, uh, certainty in a guy that you take in the fifth round, then take him, especially with one, two, three, four more picks after him. 
went to tight end, back to Old Dominion, Croc, with Zach Kuntz, another combine star, by the way. A lot of these players worked out really well, too. And I know the 49ers like their players that meet a a certain speed and and, uh, a certain athletic profile. Zach Kuntz, I mean, one of the most ridiculous tight end workouts ever at the combine. The tape is not as good, but he's got size. He's got athleticism. He'd be a a moldable ball of clay. The 49ers did really well a few years ago when they drafted a fifth-round tight end. So I went with Zach Kuntz at pick 172 here in round five, tight end out of Old Dominion, just to remind people Zach Kuntz workout numbers at the combine. And I just – the 49ers are going to come out of this draft, I think, with the tight end. And uh, they have an opportunity. It would have to be really the right guy, I think, that was there in round three to pull the trigger. But I think there might be a better chance that they they draft a a tight end a little bit later uh, just because it's a good tight end class and there might be – one of those players just like the 2017 draft, which is a great tight end draft. And we saw someone like George Kittle fall to round five. And who knows, maybe it would be Zach Kuntz that would be that guy in the, the 2023 NFL draft. Here were the workout numbers for Zach Kuntz real quick. Six, six and a half, 255 pounds. He ran a four, five, five, 40. He did 23 bench press on the reps. He had the fastest three cone and short shuttle times of all the tight ends. I think uh, I know take it back. Darnell Washington, who's probably gonna go in the first round or second round had a four Oh eight shuttle. The second fastest was Koontz at four one two, which is a really fast shuttle for a guy who's six foot, uh, almost six foot seven. He had the fastest three cone time at six, eight, seven, which is the number one number. If you're looking for a, a Kyle Shanahan pass catcher, he loves those three cone times. Those guys with the fast change of direction. So that's what Zach Koontz was and a 40 inch vertical. On top of that, so all athlete, all prospect, raw fifth rounder Zach Koontz. Niners going to come out of this with a with a competitive backup tight end type of a player. I haven't been able to dive into his film just yet, but I have seen some clips and different things that he does and seeing them kind of give guys rocker steps at the top of his route shows a little bit of fluidity there the ability to kind of track balls in and run away from guys uh there was kind of this smooth mover to him and there was a tight end that came out of ucla last year that he kind of reminds me of just a little bit gosh can't think of the ucla tight end's name but Dolchich? Yeah, Dolchich. There we go, Dolchich. So kind of has a little bit of a Dolchich to his game. I think right after catch was Dolchich, one of his uh, strengths, and it looked like Koontz might have a little bit of that in him as well. Three more picks here in my seven-round 49ers mock draft as we sit in uh, mid-March, approaching the beginning of free agency. So some of these needs will change. We'll see what the 49ers do in free agency. I have a feeling a lot of players are going to walk and not much money will be spent by the 49ers aside from that big Nick Bosa extension. But, you know, they, they could spend a little bit of money. They do have a little wiggle room here to have some fun in free agency. Quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson out of UCLA here in round six. The 49ers um, just need more players at the position. And with the good news on the surgery going well, it's the six-month time frame it looks like for Brock Purdy. So I don't think they'll spend a lot of money in free agency. If you go cheap in free agency, maybe you draft another guy as well to compete, maybe end up on the practice squad, maybe to be your QB three, and you need three arms in camp. So one free agent, one rookie with Trey Lance to get you through camp before Brock Purdy is ready. Uh, I thought this was a, a good value for a really athletic, high upside quarterback that could potentially be a, a really nice fit and a long-term backup for someone like Trey Lance if he ends up winning the job. 
Oh, man, I, I really like Dorian Thompson-Robinson. You talk about a guy with high upside. This was a five-star quarterback coming out of high school, and he's shown all the ability. He has, like, kind of this cocky swagger to him. He strongly believes in himself. Uh, I heard that their quarterback coach that they got at UCLA did a lot of work with changing a lot of some of his mechanics and different things like that. To get, uh, Matter of fact, Greg Pinelli told me about this, but said, hey, man, he has a really good quarterback coach at UCLA, and that helped him kind of take that next step in his development. He's a guy that's been there for a long time. I want to say maybe played five years because of uh, that extra year with COVID. But been there a long time. You saw it pay off this past season. Super athletic athletic quarterback. High upside. Had the strongest arm at the combine as far as RPMs and uh, or uh, miles per hour. Nobody wants to talk about that. And we'll talk about these other quarterbacks that probably have the big arms. All right. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson had the hardest throw or fastest throw there. So, this is a guy who has a big arm. He's slightly built. Athleticism is a plus. Has a lot of ability. Can make all the throws. Has to be more consistent as a passer. Yeah. And ran a four, five, six, 40 at six, one and a half, 203 pounds as well. So, and he's super dynamic as a runner. So, there are some guys that might be a straight line speed guy, like better than him. But when it comes to making guys miss in the open field, he is nasty jumping over guys. I mean, he, he does a lot of that. He's an exciting prospect. I'm coughing over here. Uh, I think I came down with bronchitis, actually. I, I, uh, I hope I don't go on the DL later in the week trying to get through this podcast. So we got to finish up this mock draft here. Two more picks in round seven. That is, and I'm staying with the California kid here, Cal Safety, Daniel Scott. He put up some really nice numbers at the Combine. Um, this was just sort of a Niners need, someone who could potentially battle for a backup free safety spot, and he was still there in the seventh round. I thought it was a no-brainer with uh, the type of career he had at Cal and uh, and how well he worked out at the Combine. But um, I think the 49ers could potentially come out of this draft with a corner and a safety. Well, that would be good, especially Cal. Cal has those, those smart guys, and one thing about playing the safety position, you are the quarterback of the defense. Uh, there's a lot to know at that position, a lot of things that happen fast. Got to protect the guys. Uh, in front of you, not kind of be, get beat over the top, have some blown coverages. We saw that from the 49ers, but a guy from uh, Cal Berkeley should be able to kind of help help that part of 49ers defense. So I doubled up on offensive linemen, doubled up on DBs, and doubling up on defensive linemen as well here. Went with Carl Brooks, who was more of a, a defensive tackle, bigger-bodied defensive uh, lineman here. And round seven, a raw edge rusher. Tavius Robinson, who didn't light the world on fire. He's a raw player, but he's six foot six, 260 pounds. He really looks the part. And you're just taking a swing at the fences here with a with a pure edge rusher in Tavius Robinson out of Old Miss. And so that's the way I finished up this mock draft. Croc, there is a, a one more name I wanted to throw out here. And he's been someone I've been kind of looking at that I want to put in my mock drafts on day three, but he wasn't even in the database for the, the PFF mock draft simulator that i used and he is a hornet from sacramento state have you watched any Marte mapu uh, a linebacker you played a lot of safety in college as well i think he projects to a linebacker he was flying around actually at the senior bowl uh he's a player to look out for because uh he he's someone i want to put in some mock drafts i just want to talk about him real quick because he's athletic he meets that profile of everything that the 49ers have done so well with with their linebackers or even hufanga you know he he that that Fred Warner, that Dre Greenlaw, that Hufanga mold were really active, really athletic, sort of, you know, safety turn linebacker type of a an athlete. And he didn't he was he was a combine snub, wasn't invited to the combine. So we'll see what it looks like at the pro day. He might participate in the 49ers local pro day, but definitely definitely a name I wanted to throw out there 
Marte Mapu from Sacramento State, Croc, if you got any of that tasty Sacramento State film. I, I have not watched it just yet, but I do know a bunch of players, man. I can get some inside scoop on this guy. Shout out to Sac State, man. They've been really good over the last couple of years. I think it was a new head coach that came in, changed things around. They've like, I think, want to say maybe three straight times they won the uh, uh, Mountain West Conference. So they've done a ter- terrific job uh, heading to the playoffs this year. I always wonder, like, why isn't Sac State better? There's so much talent in that area. Finally, it's uh, it's coming it's coming together. They're, now, their head coach left, though, I think, to Stanford. So... We'll see if things kind of change for the Stingers. Stingers up. <laughs> uh, let me know what you think of that mock draft at BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker. And we will, of course, have everything from free agency going, all the tampering and all of the actual signings to come right here. Locked on 49ers.